You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. What? You don't get it. Listen, you survived more stuff than you realized. I got a cousin that just found out she has lupus, and after she'd been battling breast cancer, of all things. I got a niece that just graduated high school and now has a baby. Got a brother-in-law that just got out of prison. Folks across the country have lost their homes by flood, tornadoes, and wildfires. You better recognize, you ain't doing too bad. This week on the Urban Shooter Podcast, a new feature where I share some interesting stuff from our blogging friends. Barbara Baird from Women's Outdoor News is back. One of those bloggers talks about the unheard lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner. Gonna go all patriotic on you with some history and celebration of Flag Day, America, and just freedom in general. Zombie strike number 83. Nope, 84. And a few sordid details about my 20th anniversary party. All this coming up next on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is the program variety show that features inspiration, observations, and conversations about life, the shooting sports, and more. And here he is, now helping you survive another week, your friend and brother from a different mother, the black man with a gun, the pastor of patriots, paladins, and pistoleros, Ken Blanchard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another cool concophony of chilled conversation and communication from one pro-fun-loving person to another. This is a listener-supported variety show for all law-abiding gun owners, airsoft, airgun, and paintball enthusiasts of the city. I call this show The Urban Shooter because it lifts up the people that shoot and live in or near a city or town. But if you live in the country, you're cool too. I'm glad you're here. It's a little tougher to enjoy your freedom in a city. Folks just give up their freedom in a city like a streetwalker. So here I am, your friend and your brother, Ken Blanchard. I've been an activist since 1991. I lived in Brazil and England. I've traveled to over 15 countries as a personal protection specialist. I've protected a U.S. president and some lesser known big shots. I've lobbied the U.S. Congress. I've testified in the state legislatures of Virginia, Texas, South Carolina, Michigan, Maryland, and Wisconsin. I worked as an independent consultant for the NRA a few times. I've done commercials for TV against racist gun laws and been featured in three documentaries. I've done a lot and got the debt to prove it. This show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com and a handful of faithful friends called the Urban Shooter Association. They motivate the motivator, and I love them for it. Sometimes I'm the single representative of the whole minority community of firearms, and I try to hold it down. So, on my show, I'm talking to everybody, representing Americans of color and of no color, those few international listeners, the gay and the straight, those in the dark and those of the light, the X and the Y chromosome, old school and generation Y, and the freedom-loving, hard-working, salt-of-the-earth people everywhere that don't fit into any other groups. (sighs) Take a breath, homie. So, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Don't keep me a secret now. Tell somebody you found me. We got an iPhone and an Android app. We are on Slapdash Radio. And like a cool water sandwich and a Sunday go to meat and bun, bow, bow, bow. We're here. You know, I was on my way to work yesterday. 
crossing bridges as I do on my long commute from the outskirts of Washington, D.C., through the nation's capital, along the Potomac River, into Virginia. And you know what I saw? In the early morning, a bald eagle. It was a Kodak moment. I almost pulled over to just watch it soar above the trees, the traffic, and the river. I watched it as long as I could without becoming a statistic. The bald eagle. Did you know that the bald eagle was chosen on June 20th, 1782 as the emblem for the United States of America? Probably for the same reasons I had to check it out. It's a bird that can live about 30 years. It can lift four pounds. They weigh between 10 and 14 pounds. They can fly like 30 to 35 miles an hour with a six to seven foot wingspan. The eagle. It's on the backs of our gold coins, the silver dollar, the half dollar, and the quarter. We see an eagle with outspread wings. It's on the great seal of the United States. Did you know Ben Ben Franklin didn't like it? He didn't think it was too high. He and that dude, uh, John James Audubon, actually wanted the American turkey to be our national bird. True story. But to me and a whole bunch of other people, the eagle represents freedom. And that's what I want to talk about on this week's episode number 221. All things red, white, and blue. Or like I feel right now, red, hot, and blue. It's hot around here. How hot is it? That's a good lead-in for a joke, isn't it? So I asked my Facebook family, For some input, this is what I got. It's so hot. How hot is it? Bruce said, drops of sweat can't reach the ground. It's hot. How hot is it? Miguel says, I saw a funeral procession pull into a Dairy Queen. Yeah, it's hot. It's so hot, you experience condensation on your butt from the hot water in the toilet bowl. It's so hot, the squirrels are handling their nuts with potholders. It's hot. It's so hot, farmers are feeding their chickens crushed ice to keep them from laying hard-boiled eggs. All right, thanks, Facebook. All right, thanks, Facebook family. I'm going to stop because some of them jokes weren't so hot. But if you want to reach out to me, my rambunctious self is on Facebook. Look for Pastor Ken in Blanchard and on Twitter same thing Ken with two ends you can find all my links and the show notes to this very show on KenBlanchard.com now there's two Ken Blanchards now there's Dr. Ken Blanchard author of the one minute manager and gung ho and a whole bunch of leadership stuff not that guy do the Ken and guns and you should get me my toll free number in the US you can call and leave a voicemail message like Chad did earlier um, and it just made my day, 888-675-0202. And my email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. If you're looking for a speaker for your event, a promoter for your product, or a marketer for your mess, give me a holler. And if you're ready, let's get show number 221 started. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, 
with liberty and justice for all. Last week, the wife and I threw a party to celebrate our 20th anniversary married together, and she outdid herself. We found a house to rent and had our party there. We had in-laws and outlaws there, and it was a pretty cool, closed group. All the people that we could think of that would not be party poopers were invited, and we still shocked those that we did invite. How do we shock them? We party like it was 1999. And we had pastors and preachers and regular people and Christians and non-Christians. And it was all mixed together. And they looked at each other like, I thought the guy was a pastor. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used to dance a lot. And I haven't forgot how. We were celebrating more than 20 years of just sleeping together. But life itself. I didn't invite a lot of people that I could have. And I did it on purpose. We had food, adult beverages, and a DJ that played old school music, funky, R&B, and all the favorites that we play when we're not in church. There were no speeches, no slow moments, and it caught everybody off guard. My wife broke out with a red cocktail dress showing all kinds of leg. That's my girl. She still got it. Yeah, baby. And about 9.30, we were rocking it. The few church folks that were there kind of scooted out. They were still singing under their breath. Thought that guy was a pastor. And look at the first lady. Yeah, it was all the way live. You know, life is short and folks like to pretend a little too much for me. We let our hair down and got funky. One of her friends surprised us with a one-way ride by limo to the event. And I didn't know how to act. Too bad I didn't have it on the way home. I already got a little fresh in the back with the missus. But we did get a ride home with some friends and the kids drove separately with family from out of town and we planned our next adventure. Sunday was cool. I had to make sure I showed up because a few folks knew I had had a party. So if I came in there trailing on Sunday, that's a bad example. But I preached on putting God first in your life and Seeing how you'll be blessed. And we were. Sunday was cool. Physically, I was hurting, but the church never sounded better. Even though we were missing our drummer, we rocked it just the same. Church is getting better, praise the Lord. It was rough for a brother for a minute. One thing I learned, though, when I was there, no matter who you are, James Brown music will still make you happy and get a party started. Ain't that right, Reese? And Chad? There was a young contingent there that would go crazy with Soul Brother Number 1 was playing. There is still hope for the young. And a couple of them snuck in with some hot pants, by the way. James would have been proud. It was hot now. But... We all broke out with a cold sweat. I would really love to play some James Brown music right about now. But because of that copyright issue and all that stuff, can't do it. But I can get Bones hooks in here to 
Give us a little rendition, though. Put you in the mood. One, two, one, two, three. Uh. Hot pants. Yeah. Hot pants. Uh. Smoking. Hot pants. Smoking that hot pants. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Take your fire self home. It's much better than time My feet keeps growing Girl, on your mind Thinking of losing that funky feeling Don't, uh, huh Cause you got to use just what you got Get just what you want, uh, Hey, uh, Hot pants, hey Hot pants, smoking Hot pants, make you sure yourself God, walk like you got the only loving left. Hey, so brother, if you're thinking of losing that feeling, then don't. Huh. Because a woman got to use just what she got to get just what she wants. Uh. Hey, hot pants, look at hot pants. Won't it make you dance? But as thick as you are. spinning over in his grave we're gonna get right back to you after a quick break hi i'm mark craighead founder of crossbreed holsters i designed our top selling holster the super tuck deluxe to solve the problems of being poked pinched and gouged while carrying concealed the super tuck deluxe is the most comfortable most concealable holster on the market today we offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget, crossbreedholsters.com. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? 
If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com. Good prices. LuckyGunner.com. If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com. Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com. Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com. All right, I'm back. Barbara's up next. Hey, Urban Shooter. This is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. We at the Women's Outdoor News want to wish Ken Blanchard and his lovely bride a happy 20th anniversary. We heard that he and the missus were throwing a big party last weekend and were sending out all good wishes in their direction. Speaking of marriage, my husband of 32 years slid the magazine that he'd finished reading across the table to me. Take a look at this one, said my hubby, who also happens to be a rocket scientist and who is known in certain circles as Dr. Bomb. I looked at the title and immediately stopped chewing on my sandwich as my heart sunk. Physics today, oh no. Were we going to launch into a discussion about ferroelectricity and magnetism and whether the two foes can coexist? My palms started to sweat. I lost my appetite. Physics is not my forte. No, I mean take a look at the cover shot, he said. Nice. I looked. It showed a pre-teen girl looking through glass supposedly at a science museum. The photo is credited to the New York Hall of Science. Nice. Why is it so nice? It's nice because in a subtle yet powerful way, it brings to our attention the fact that girls can be scientists, that they might actually be interested in left brain matter, and wow, that they might be featured on the cover of Physics Today. I started thinking about why we never see a photo of a girl, or a woman for that matter, featured on the cover of Field and Stream magazine. Or if we do, they must be few and far between because I have not seen one featured there for a while. If women make up about 10% of the hunting population, and some say up to 25% of the fishing and shooting populations, then why don't we see our representatives there? And what about kids? Wouldn't you love to see a kid on the cover of Field and Stream? Time to ramp it up, fellows in charge there. Find a photo or two of a kid, a woman, a senior citizen, instead of Mr. Trapper, Mr. Bodybuilder, Mr. Lumberjack, Mr. Bowhunter, and the list goes on. I know a lot of the covers are beautiful photographs of big bucks or big bass. So be it. But how refreshing would it be to take a girl and put her in camo and sit her beside her grandma or her dad on a turkey hunt? How about that photo? Huh? You can see lots of great images of women in the outdoors, hunting, shooting, pulling a bow, fishing, kayaking, and the list goes on and on. Visit our website, our new website, at www.womensoutdoornews.com, where we feature news, reviews, and stories about women in the outdoors. This is Barbara Baird. Thanks, Barbara. I didn't even know you knew about it. No, I want to talk a little bit about some history. Since we're talking about firearms and freedom and patriotism and red, white, and blue stuff, right? Do you know about Francis Scott Key? He was an American lawyer, an author, and a poet from Georgetown here in D.C. who wrote the lyrics to our anthem, The Star-Spangled Banner, in what was Frederick County and now Carroll County, Maryland. His father, 
John Ross Key, was also a lawyer, a judge, and an officer in the Continental Army. They were actually descendants of uh, some British who immigrated to Maryland in 1726. He and his buddy, uh, William Beans of Scots, actually live, or was actually, Beans was born in Croom, not too far from where I live now. And uh, it was a Scottish guy who owned a whole bunch of property in this area. And I think it was September 14th, 1814, when uh, Francis Scott Key, Colonel John Skinner, and Dr. William Beans spied the American flag waving above Baltimore's Fort McHenry. And this supposedly inspired Key to write what became the Star-Spangled Banner. Pretty cool. But we never get past the first stanza. The author of NC Blog, a real cool brother by the name of Sean Sorrentino, gives us the lyrics that we missed here on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave on the shore dimly seen through the mists of the deep where the foe's haughty host in dread silence reposes what is that which the breeze o'er the towering steep as it fitfully blows half conceals half discloses now it catches the gleam of the first morning's beam in full glory reflected now shines on the stream tis the star-spangled banner oh long may it wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave and where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion a home and a country should leave us no more? Their blood is washed out, their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave, and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must, when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave, o'er the land of the free, and the home of the brave. All right, good job, Sean. Hope you don't mind I added a little music to it afterwards. You know, I got some new blogger friends, uh, John from Only Guns and Money, and you can find him at onlygunsandmoney.blogspot.com, Snowflakes in Hell, Oleg Volk, and, of course, Sean is at ncguns.blogspot.com. Here's a couple of uh, posts I got from John. I'm going to read it for you with permission. All right, this is right from uh, from John's blog. Last spring, there was a story going around concerning a solicitation to buy from the U.S. Department of Education for 27 short-barreled shotguns. 
Now we know what they plan to do with them. They went to their SWAT teams for use in collecting student loans. Unfortunately, this isn't a joke as the story from Stockton, California illustrates. The Department of Education is now saying it wasn't about student loans, but may have involved fraud or bribery in connection with student loans. According to the story from Sacramento's KXTV News 10 ABC, the Department of Education did issue the search warrant and authorized the SWAT team due to defaulted student loans held by Mr. Wright's estranged wife who no longer lived with him or their children. According to the Department of Education's Office of the Inspector General, the case can't be discussed publicly until it's closed, but a spokesman did confirm that the department did issue the search warrant at Wright's home. The Office of the Inspector General has a law enforcement branch of federal agents that carry out search warrants and investigations. Stockton Police Department said it was asked by federal agents to provide one officer and one patrol car just for police presence when carrying out the search warrant. Stockton Police did not participate in breaking Wright's door, handcuffing him or searching his home. And there's a link to the redacted search warrant. There are allegations that Mr. Wright's wife engaged in student loan fraud. Unfortunately for Mr. Wright and his kids, the confidential informant wasn't aware that suspect didn't live there anymore. Frankly, I don't see any justification for a SWAT team on a white-collar crime where there is no indication of violent actions. And I'm assuming that the sole reason that the Department of Ed's OIG used a SWAT team was to justify having one. And this is right from John Richardson. Our second story is about knife rights and they win in the Granite State. Knife rights just got a boost in the state of New Hampshire. Governor John Lynch just signed into law a bill that provides state preemption on knives. From the knife rights release, New Hampshire governor signs knife right preemption bill. June 9th, 2011, New Hampshire Governor John Lynch has signed into law the Knife Rights Backed Knife Law Preemption Bill, HB 544. New Hampshire becomes the third state in the nation to enact a knife law preemption. Congratulations to New Hampshire Representative Jen Coffey, who sponsored this bill and who worked tirelessly with her colleagues, local advocates, and their lobbyists to ensure the bill passed unanimously in both houses of the New Hampshire legislature. Representative Coffey's efforts enacted a strong preemption law which will protect knife owners from senseless local ordinances well into the future. Representative Coffey won Knife Rights Freedom Edge Award last year for her successful effort to repeal New Hampshire's prohibition on switchblades, dirks, daggers, and stilettos. Knife Rights National Knife Law Preemption Campaign started successfully last year in Arizona. Earlier this year, Utah enacted knife law preemption. Preemption prevents the creation of or eliminates a patchwork of ordinances and rules which serve to confuse or entrap those traveling within or through the state. A person traveling in a state without preemption laws could be charged with a violation of local law when they have no intention of violating the law. Preemption ensures citizens only have to know and abide by state law. Preemption laws, well, preemption allows knife rights to focus its legislative efforts at the state level, where it can more easily succeed in improving the legal environment for knife owners or opposing efforts to impose further restrictions on knives. As Doug Ritter of Knife Rights likes to say, they are the second front in the battle for the Second Amendment. And this was 
read and posted with permission by my brother John at Only Guns and Money. And that's some good stuff there, Big John. Thanks, man, for letting me play newscaster. You're listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast from KenBlanchard.com. If you want to call Ken, you can leave a message toll-free in the U.S. at 888-675-0202 or contact him at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. What do I use at the shotgun range? Federal premium ammunition because every shot counts. Yes, it does. Hey, you about ready for zombie strike? All right, let's bring that in here next. Last week on Zombie Strike. Last week on Zombie Strike, we're at Part 8, Chapter 83. And uh, we're in St. Louis, Missouri still. Evan Torelli was frozen in horror as he saw his very first monster. And again, this is one of those crazy abominations that uh, the wizards are making out there. But he almost got punched in the face by a big tentacled hand. But who saved him? But Billy, the spirit pump, big dog jumped up out of nowhere and went to town on a monster. And Evan just kind of stood there in shock. Luckily, somebody grabbed him and yanked his butt back. But um, he did grab his shotgun. And after he got himself together, start emptying it into the monster with this uh, fancy darts that he had. And uh, little guy's doing pretty good, man, on the team. He's earning his stripes. And that brings us to episode 84 of Zombie Strike. This is Zombie Strike. Part 8, Chapter 84, St. Louis, Missouri, 4 June 2011. 10-15 hours local, countdown, 6 months. 26 days. Evan Torelli looked at the three-story building with a mixture of relief and anxiety. The relief came from finally reaching the building. From the map Evan had on his PDA, it looked like the building was only a few blocks from where the team killed the Red Golem. Evan remembered Jim's chuckle as the team pointed out that the team was going the wrong way. It was made very clear to Evan that getting to the building was only part of what was needed. The team also needed to avoid as many fights with the zombies rampaging through downtown St. Louis. Aren't we supposed to kill zombies? Evan asked Jim as the team sidestepped a horde through a small alley. Nope, that's the military's job right now. We need to get to the minions responsible for this outbreak. Can't do that if we blow all our ammo on walking range targets, the cowboy answered. And believe me. We'll probably need every round we're carrying to deal with those folks. Evan kept quiet after that and followed Jim. The team went down side streets and alleys, through buildings and even hid in a parking garage. The nasty stuff helped, but it was mainly a matter of noise discipline. After 45 minutes of careful movement, the team was spread out along a pair of alleys that faced the Minions building. At least, that's what everyone was hoping. That was where the anxiety set in. Evan had never done an assault. All the horrible ways he could die were flashing through his head. Relax, kid. You're going to hyperventilate and pass out before we even get into that building, Jim said. 
Evan tried to calm down, but his body didn't want to cooperate. Listen, everyone has felt the same thing the first time. Stop overthinking and just trust your instincts. Easier said than done, Jim, Evan said, his eyes still fixed on the glass double door Mateo designated as the team's entry point. You concentrate on your job, which is primarily watching our collective back and making sure that nothing gets Tredegar. Man's got a sharp mind. Not so good on the shooting bit. You do that and let everyone else do their job. Evan noticed that Jim didn't say everything would be all right. But he didn't say anything. He really didn't know what to know. At Jim's cue, Evan slipped down the alley to stand just behind Tredegar. If the FBI agent was nervous, he didn't show it. Evan checked his shotgun one last time and waited as Mateo cued the team. Green light, stop. Red light, go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Mateo barked the last order. Quentin, Sport, Jessica, and her dog sprinted across the street. Quentin pushed open the doors with the dog close on his heels. Sport and Jessica were covering them with their weapons. As soon as the quartet was through the doors, Jim, Slim, Chief Stahl, and the Steve dashed across the street. As soon as Mateo motioned, Evan followed Tredegar through the door. Just beyond the doors was an open-air lobby. A large fountain dominated the center of the lobby. Huge skylights in the ceiling poured down sunlight. Off to each side were long hallways. The rest of the building was dark, giving the whole area a disturbing contrast. Any sign we've been noticed? Mateo asked. Nothing, Quentin answered. Billy's got their scent, Jessica chimed in. Somewhere on the third floor. Gotta wonder what they have waiting for us if Billy can smell them all the way down here, Chief Stahl said. The former soldier turned to Tredegar. I don't suppose you could ask your eye in the sky exactly where the bad guys are? Sorry, Chief, it's not that precise right now, Tredegar answered. Didn't think so. Okay, boys and girls, time to do this the hard way, the chief said. Oh, you have no idea, boomed a melodic feminine voice out of the darkness. The building seemed to shake with the combined hunting moans from what had to be dozens, maybe even hundreds of zombies. Office doors slammed open all around the team and zombies seemed to pour out at the team. Gunfire erupted as Zombie Strike engaged their natural prey. Evan brought up his shotgun and placed a bead on the head of an approaching zombie. He squeezed the trigger. Evan wasn't using traditional slugs. These were heavy metal darts, essentially scaled-down versions of the M1 Abrams silver bullets. At 50 yards, they could take down a man in body armor. At 50 feet, the speeding dart pulped the first zombie's brain and then went on to take down four more zombies before embedding itself in some drywall. Evan didn't see any of this. He was already attacking the next target. If you run now, you might just survive, the voice taunted as the zombies closed in on the team. Not a chance, Mateo said at their unseen tormentor. Chief, stairwell. Got it, boss. Sport, Quentin, you're with me. Slim, cover us. The three zombie killers formed a wedge as Slim poured fire down one of the hallways coming off the lobby. The Brit was firing his SR-25 as fast as he found targets. The chief opened up some room with a long burst of gunfire. Quentin led the three team members as they charged into the gap created by the gunfire. Quentin's warhammer wasn't as big as a sledge, but the big man whipped it around with unbelievable speed. 
the chief and sport covered Quentin's flanks with gunfire. Evan lost him as he was forced to transition to his pistol. The Beretta M9 felt gargantuan in Evan's hands, but it wasn't what he had. He fired at the oncoming zombies into the slide lock back on an empty magazine. He had taken down maybe another five. Evan dropped out a magazine. Where were his spares? His hand danced around his waist as he tried desperately to remember where the magazine pouch was. Evan, reload that shotgun. I'll cover you, Tredegar said, stepping in front of the team. The FBI agent fired off several bursts from his M4. Evan slammed the empty pistol into his holster and loaded the shotgun as fast as he could. He felt the feed ramp bite into his thumb as he slammed round after round into the tube. Evan chambered the first shell and moved up next to Tredegar. Frag out, hollered Sport over the radio net. Evan almost didn't get his first shot off. What in the world did that mean? The answer came in almost a deafening roar that shook the building. Evan kept his calm long enough to fire twice more. Good God, didn't they ever stop coming? It seemed like every time he put one down, three more took its place. Everyone, into the stairwell, shouted Mateo, over the den, before charging to where Quentin, Sport, and the chief were standing. Where there had been a door before, there was only a ragged door frame. Evan followed Tredegar as the pair fled the oncoming zombies. He felt the gunfire crack around him as the rest of Zombie Strike covered their retreat. Evan nearly vomited as he entered the stairwell. It looked like the stairwell had been painted in zombies. Evan's foot slid out from under him and he nearly went sprawling into what looked like pulped guts. Jim caught the team before Evan's face planted into the foul-smelling stuff. The team quickly moved up the landing. Sport, for the record, never use any of those custom jobs of yours again, the chief barked at the short Brit. Why? complained Sport. Because I nearly got decapitated by the door. Do you even know how to make a proper frag grenade? asked the chief. I followed the cardinal rule. P equals plenty, Sport answered. The retort was so deadpan, Evan couldn't tell if Sport was joking. Dude, know that demo guys planned the entry. That never ends well, the Steve equipped. Chief Stahl could only nod in resigned agreement. Joking's over. Quentin, Sport, you're on point. Get us up to the top floor. Sport, don't you throw another grenade unless I tell you or you see giant. Is that understood? Mateo asked. Sport nodded seriously. Evan, Jim, cover the back. How about the zombies coming into the stairwell? Evan asked, hearing the ragged cacophony of hunting moans. The zombies don't exactly climb stairs, Jim said. It's more of climbing over each other. Best thing is to let them bunch up and then take them out quick. Kind of acts like a dam. The team moved quickly up the stairs. The second floor landing was clear. That didn't sit right with Evan. The minions had attacked with so many zombies. They couldn't keep any to attack the team on the second floor. The team stopped suddenly just shy of the third floor. Standing at the landing was a woman in a tight-fitting black jumpsuit. A balaclava covered her face. In her hand, she was waving around what looked like a long knife. The entire team had weapons pointed at her, but she didn't seem to care. The look in her green eyes was pure contempt. I don't care what Mikhail wants, the woman said. It was the same voice that taunted the team earlier. 
You've killed too many of my friends. She pointed the knife's tip at the team. Time to die, zombie strike. Evan stood unbelieving as the fireball lit up the stairwell. You know, sometimes it's just really easy to forget the freedoms that we have. We're so free, we can actually give up our freedoms. And a lot of people who live in the city, I think, do that. They just accept it as that's what you must do to live in close proximity with other people. And you give up a little bit of yourself, not knowing. Well, politicians know what they're doing. They push for stuff and we can roll over and take it. Freedom isn't free. On top of that, you know, sometimes people add to their own misery. And I like to just give you a couple of thoughts about that. I talk about and talk to people all the time. They share some personal things with me. I'm good for it. I hold all that stuff to the vest. The bad part is sometimes I get a little cranky. I got got dumped on by a couple dozen people. But it goes with the job, you know. I'm hardwired that way. But something for you to think about. If you're going through something, which most likely you are, because all of us are all in one of three places. We're either in trouble, coming out of trouble, or heading toward trouble. It's just how it is. And we all have issues. Some have health issues. Some have financial issues. Some have issues at home. Some have issues with their past. Some have issues with their job. If you live on this planet, you're going to have some issues. The best way that you can survive it, though, if you limit the number of problems that you have. If you take care of you, then whatever comes up, you'll be ready for You know you probably are eating too much. You're probably not exercising enough. You are not uh, spending enough time with your family. You're not doing the things that matter. Every day you get up, you get a chance to do it right. Another chance to change. Maybe you're smoking too much. Maybe you're drinking too much. Maybe you're doing something that's you think is an escape. It's making you feel better or good for now. The weed, the the dope, the the pills, the whatever. It's an escape. It's not a reality. Even food, you can overdo that. You can overdo just about anything. You can work too much and you can rationalize anything. And if you get around people who agree with you, then that just makes it even better. Because we're all in the same boat. But you're losing out on some good stuff. Your life. Take a few moments. Take an assessment of yourself. What could you fix? What could you start today? What could you put down today? What could you work on? So that next week, this time, you're a little bit closer to fixing you. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. I know you can. You can fix it. You can get better. You can do better than you did last year. You can do better than you did yesterday. But you got to want to. And you have to try. 
Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. I love this country. My country tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty. Of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died. Land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. Until next week, this is your friend and your brother Ken Blanchard. Wishing you peace. Big shout out to uh, the gun blockers and my new friend Rob, who gave me that call at the 12th hour to give me some encouragement. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And thank you for listening to me again. Make sure you spread the wealth. Tell somebody about the app, The Urban Shooter. We're on iTunes. We're on Android. Share the link. Tell your friend about the show. You know what? I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Shalom, baby. This concludes another weekly edition of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening. Feel free to leave Ken a review on iTunes about the show. Join the forum on blackmanwithagun.info or comment on the show notes on kenblanchard.com. Thank you.